Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I am in Atlanta one of our top markets for years and years in OutKick. I am looking out the windows right now, and I can see Truist Park. We are in the Battery, which is where our radio uh, affiliate is located, going to the game again tonight. Last night, Braves win in a walk-off. Cannot wait to check it out tonight as well. Should be an awful lot of fun. We had Herschel Walker in studio with us. One-year anniversary of Clay and Buck. I wanted to say right off the top here, I saved this. I meant to say it on the radio show, but I forgot. Here are the cities where we are number one in the entire country in terms of number one radio show in these markets. Houston, Phoenix, San Diego, Denver, Salt Lake City, Sacramento, Austin, Columbus, Raleigh-Durham, Milwaukee, Greensboro, North Carolina. This is in order of market size, by the way. Memphis, Fort Myers slash Naples, Louisville, Kentucky, Birmingham, Alabama, Tucson, Arizona, Albany, New York, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Des Moines, Iowa, Omaha, Spokane, Syracuse, uh, and Lubbock, all, a lot more cities associated here. But I stopped basically, that's top 100 markets, okay? So we are number one in our time slot uh, for all of those different marketplaces out there. want to thank you for supporting Clay and Buck, first year of the radio program. And it has been an awful, awful lot of fun and hopefully – we have been entertaining and also educating you every single day with Clay and Buck. If you haven't already subscribed, you can join the tens of millions of people who are downloading the show every single week. I think that you guys will be glad that you did it when you take the time to sign up. All right, we got a lot of stories that I want to break down for all of you. And you know that I've been talking a lot about this story and I've been trying to update you ever since this happened. The Uvalde, Texas shooting. More data continues to come out. More evidence. Turns out that much of what was initially reported has ended up being incorrect. And the most recent description of the police response in Uvalde, Texas, describes it as an abject failure. Uh, the police were inside Within three minutes after this shooter, they sat outside in the hallway for over an hour and 15 minutes waiting to confront this shooter, despite the fact that they had plenty of ammunition, plenty of armaments, and this is devastating, the door was unlocked. They took calls from kids and from teachers inside of rooms 111 and 112 where this shooter 
was, and they did not go in despite the fact that the door was unlocked for over an hour and 15 minutes. 75 minutes they allowed this terror to continue inside of the classrooms. There's no telling how many more students and teachers might have ended up dying because the police did not do their job. Now, you know, if you watch this show, if you listen to my programs, I support police because they have an incredibly difficult job. But that doesn't mean I defend police all of the time. There were the wrong decisions made in this situation. As we said, it was an abject failure. Nothing else to describe it other than abject failure by the police, according to the own investigators inside of Texas. This is why you sign up to be a police officer, to defend children from a madman. If you aren't willing to risk your life in this situation, then with all due respect, in my opinion, you do not deserve to carry a badge. The lessons in the wake of Columbine are quite clear. You go balls to the wall after the shooter when there is an active shooter situation. That shooter may end up focused on you instead of focused on the children. Based on the evidence here, the investigators say that this shooter should have been down within three or four minutes and many lives would have been saved if the police had responded appropriately in this situation. It's a disgrace that we ended up with the result that we did in terms of the police response. Now, again, the crazy, psychotic, madman shooter is the most to blame always in every single one of these scenarios. But the fact that we ended up in this situation is a failure of police response should never happen ever again. Uh, I got to tee off here. Shifting gears into something that is way less significant, Megan Rapino has decided to weigh in and what Megan Rapino has said about transgender youth participation is completely wrong. And I'm going to explain exactly why that is. But she said, uh, everyone out there who is, I'm reading this is a direct quote from Megan Rapino to Time Magazine. I would encourage everyone out there who is afraid someone's going to have an unfair advantage over their kid to really take a step back and think, what are we actually talking about? We're talking about people's lives. I'm sorry, your kid's high school volleyball team just isn't that important. Excuse me. The reason why we play sports is to compete at a high level. And it may not be very important to Megan Rapino what happens on a high school women's volleyball team. But for the girls on that team in high school, it matters a great deal. And they are breaking uh, all sorts of, uh, of uh, putting forth all sorts of effort to make their team as good as they can possibly be. And Megan Rapinoe is just going to say it's not that big of a deal if a dude decides he wants to play women's high school volleyball and starts dominating because he happens to identify as a woman. 
a grown man effectively with male testosterone who is bigger, stronger, faster than the female athletes? I disagree. I think it is a big deal. That's the very essence of competition. It's why we separate men's and women's athletes in the first point, because if we didn't, then women's athletes by and large wouldn't win competition. Well, think about this for a minute. When the U.S. women's soccer team was training for the World Cup, they got whipped by a group of under 15-year-old boys in Dallas, Texas. This wasn't the greatest under 15-year-old boys team ever. This was a collection of the best boys players in Dallas. And they were still young. It was 15 and under. Top athlete 15 and under boys soccer players were better in the city of Dallas alone than the best women were in the entire country. Top high school boys soccer teams would dominate the U.S. women's soccer team. That's not because the U.S. women's soccer team is no good. It's because boys, and certainly boys who are on the edge of becoming men, are bigger, stronger, and faster than the women. Would Megan Rapino think it was fair if an entire group of men's soccer players who weren't good enough to play women's soccer decided they were going to, uh, to play men's soccer, decided they were going to identify as women and started taking all of the women's soccer team spots? Would that be fair? Would that be a big deal to her? What about if Christian Pulisic just decided to become Christina Pulisic? and become the best women's soccer player in world history and take away a spot on the U.S. women's soccer team. Would that be a big deal to Megan Rapinoe? See, what's happening here is Megan Rapinoe's career is essentially over, and now she's saying athletics don't matter very much because she's making the choice that transgender athletes matter more than women's athletes. Well, look, transgender athletics is not an issue if a woman decides to identify as a man, that person will never make high-level athletic competitions as a man because that person is a woman. And so it's not an issue in competition. This only becomes an issue in competition when men decide to identify as women. And that is why the women's swimming group, the I should say swimming group, decided that the Leah Thomases of the world are not able, that's men who identify as women, are no longer able to compete against women. 71% of them voted in favor of this. It's the very essence of competition. And if you take it away from transgender athletics and just say, hey, should an 18-year-old be able to be trans age and play against 13-year-old competitors? Of course not. Should someone who is a heavyweight boxer be able to identify as a smaller weight class and fight against flyweights? No. And similarly, men should not be able to identify as win and women and dominate in their competitions. Megan Murpino is a fraud. She benefited from all of the money for women's athletics and as soon as her athletic career is coming to a close, she's trying to pivot entirely into politics and argue that you shouldn't care if men are dominating women's sports. She should be ashamed of the arguments she's making. But I do give her credit 
Because unlike most people in sports, she's at least picking a choice. You either believe in women's athletics or you believe in transgender rights. Eventually, those two platforms collide and you have to make a choice. I'm in favor of women's athletics. Megan Rapino is in favor of a man pretending to be a woman being able to be the greatest female athlete of all time, probably because her athletic career is coming to a close. Uh, ESPN has responded to the Sage Steele lawsuit trying to get a motion to dismiss. Now, this is not an unexpected outcome. Most of the lawsuits that are filed, the person who is being sued, a lot of times will counterclaim and file their own lawsuit. ESPN is not doing that against Sage Steele, but they're trying to get her lawsuit dismissed, arguing that there's no legal basis for it to exist under Connecticut law where it was filed. And also what they're doing as a part of this lawsuit is they're acknowledging that what Sage Steele said is true in her complaint, namely that Ryan Clark, who is an NFL insider, refused to work with Sage Steele because of her political beliefs. Think about how pathetic it is for a woke, grown-ass man to turn into a cry bully and try to keep uh, Sage Steele from being able to do her job because you disagree with her politics. And Ryan Clark should stop being a coward, and he should completely own this. He should say, she has political opinions I disagree with, and therefore, I'm not willing to work with her, and he should say it publicly. At least then, he wouldn't be hiding like he is now, trying to pretend that this didn't happen when ESPN has now admitted it in their motion to dismiss. I think this is pathetic. The fact that you would refuse to go on air with a coworker because their political opinions are different than your own is how we have ended up in a world that is so incredibly divisive. Look, there are lots of people who have different political opinions than me. You know what I do? I say, hey, we agree to disagree, and then I'll go out and have a beer with them. That's my belief in life, that you can't allow a political disagreement to keep you from being friends with someone. There are all sorts of people that I've gone to school with who disagree with my political opinions and vice versa. And guess what? We're still friends because we still agree on a lot and we can still work together. Everyone at uh, any place I've ever worked, Fox Sports, uh, Fan House, Deadspin, CBS, OutKick, people have a wide variety of opinions. If you always agree with everyone, then it probably means that your company is going to fail because there is not enough diversity of thought. And the idea that you would refuse to go on the air on ESPN because of what someone said about their own political opinions is, to me, unacceptable. And ESPN should have been willing to step up and say, if you're not willing to work with people who are on air at this network, bye. We're done with you. You can find a new job because that's not how we roll. Of course, ESPN didn't do it because Ryan Clark is a cry bully and he's embracing woke politics and they're afraid of what the result might be. So they let him censor Sage Steele effectively because they can't put Sage Steele on to do a job because of cry bully Ryan Clark. Make no mistake, that's what he is, a cry bully. He is being a baby, grown-ass man, 
can't work with somebody who disagrees with him. He is, in my opinion, a pathetic loser for not owning that and just announcing what he's doing and take the slings and arrows that come with it instead of trying to hide behind ESPN and their ridiculous woke politics. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We're continuing to roll. More coming back in a moment, but first, this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Joe Biden fell off his bike. Uh, A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it happens. Here's the deal. They wanted Joe Biden on that bike to try to prove that he was not decrepit and old. And then what happened? He pulled up on the bike and he fell off, proving that he's decrepit and old. The pictures say not only a thousand words, they say 10,000 words because we're in an inflationary environment. And those 10,000 words, which I could go on and on and sell, basically boil down to a sentence joe biden is incompetent as president of the united states he isn't mentally or physically fit and able to execute the job of president of the united states and unfortunately i'm not rooting for this i don't want china and russia and iran and all of our other adversaries out there to be able to take advantage of joe biden's decrepitude but that's exactly what's going on and they need to keep him off a bike We also now, unfortunately, are in a situation where every Republican needs to just pledge that they're not going to vote for anything that Joe Biden tries to get across the line for the next two and a half years because all of his policies have been so disastrous that the Biden's touch has meant everything Joe Biden touches is the opposite of gold. It turns to crap. The border, uh, the murder rate in this country, the war in uh, Russia and Ukraine, the war between Russia and Ukraine, uh, the overall 8.6% inflation rate, the fact that people are still not going back to work and we still have not recovered all of the jobs that existed in March of 2020. All of it rests at this point at Joe Biden's feet. And he is, in my opinion, even worse than Jimmy Carter 2.0. He is the worst president of any of our lives. And the ultimate irony here is, All of these people who spent years telling you that you were going to end up on the wrong side of history if you supported Donald Trump ran out and voted for Joe Biden, who is the worst president in any of our lives. The wrong side of history ended up being anyone who voted for Joe Biden. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is retiring. Gronk spikes his way into uh, NFL retirement, 33 years old incredible history one of the two or three i believe greatest tight ends of all time now the question is will he stay retired or is he going to come back out of retirement again like a boxer whenever tom brady calls him late in the season to try to make another run into the playoffs and into the super bowl for the tampa bay buccaneers this is a story that is worth monitoring but gronk definite first ballot hall of famer and one of the two or three greatest tight ends to ever play in the history of the game. 
COVID shots are now available for kids out there. Ian Miller, who we've hired at OutKick at ENMSC, has done an incredible job covering the data of COVID shots, and there is absolutely no way to justify kids ages six months to five years getting COVID shots. What I would say for all of you out there about this is, I made the decision for my young kids, they're not getting COVID shots. They don't need it. They probably already have had COVID as 75% of kids have already tested with antibodies, meaning they've already had COVID and most of you never even knew they had it. We're talking about three, four shot regimens that offer limited protection because many of those shots are still in existence based on the alpha version of COVID. They aren't good for Omicron or BA1 or BA2 or whatever variant we're on right now. And so there are about 20% of the American public that are parents whose brains are fundamentally broken and they are unable to analyze risk. I was reading a front page Sunday edition of the New York Times and one of the parents there said he had pulled his kids ages four and one out of swimming lessons because he was afraid that they might get COVID. And I thought to myself, this is a perfect representation of a failure to analyze risk on behalf of a parent. Your kids, statistically, are far more likely to drown than they are to get COVID and die from COVID. Yet this parent made the choice, my kids are not going to learn how to swim in order to try to protect them from COVID. And there are so many people out there who've basically been keeping their kids from living a normal life due to irrational fears of COVID. And that is unfortunately going to have a long lasting impact on those child when it, ch- children when it comes to their development. That's awful to think about. It's one thing if you are an adult who didn't understand how to analyze basic risk and you ran off and hid from society for the past two and a half years. What about all the kids out there? What about the choices and the destruction of their lifestyle? What about all these kids who weren't able to be in school? There are people who basically have been living in home confinement, kept from their families, kept from their fellow kids, all unnecessarily based on an inability to analyze risk. If you have kids, I'd encourage you, to go read Ian Miller's analysis of COVID risks to children and make your own intelligent decisions about whether or not your kids get the COVID shot in the first place. Mine will certainly not be getting the COVID shot. Not a difficult choice at all for me either. CNN, I'm talking to you right now. The January 6th hearings are still going on. January 6th hearings, which are default, the third Donald Trump impeachment trial, and maybe not a coincidence at all, CNN just had their worst rating week in 22 years. Going all the way back to 2000, fewer people have never watched CNN in the past 22 years. And every time I put it on, do you know what they're talking about at CNN? January 6th. No one cares. People care about the border. They care about the murder rate. They care about the inflation rate. They care about a little bit the war in Ukraine. But they don't care about 18 months ago, January 6th. January 6th was one of many riots that occurred 
in 2020 throughout the course of the election. And lest you forget, all of the cities were boarded up on election night in 2020 in the event that Donald Trump won a re-election. And so hundreds and hundreds of riots took place all throughout the course of the year. And, and almost nothing happened to the people who rioted. The one time when Trump supporters rioted, they deserve punishment. But CNN and the Democrats and MSNBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post, they can't get enough of it. And they continue to cover all of this. And it makes absolutely zero sense as you break all of the facts down. I'm not surprised that CNN has their worst ratings in 22 years. Speaking of worst ratings, the NBA finished their finals. I talked about that with you. The numbers have come out since the last uh, show that I did, I'll kick the show. NBA finals numbers down massively relative to the last finals that ended in June. In fact, in fact, the NBA combined best uh, ratings from the last three years, that is the 2020, 2021, and 2022, uh, those numbers are less. The average viewership of each of the finals for the last three years combined, three years of NBA finals, best uh, average viewership, is below the number of people who watched Game 6, 1998, Michael Jordan versus and the Bulls versus Carl Malone, John Stockton, the Utah Jazz. Let me repeat that because it's such an earth-shattering number. More people watched Game 6 of the NBA Finals than the average number of people who watched the NBA Finals in 2020, 2021, and 2022. Another way of putting that, effectively a third of the viewers of that Michael Jordan game against the Utah Jazz exists now in the last three years for the NBA. All the NBA people run around, they say, it's not a big deal. This is no big deal. There's nothing to see here. They don't want to acknowledge that going woke has broken the NBA's overall audience. And as a part of that, they say, well, everything's down. It's not true. If you go back to 1998 and you look at the number of people who watched the Super Bowl in 1998, you know what that number was? 90 million. Do you know how many people watched the 2022 Super Bowl? 99 million. So from 1998 to 2022, the NBA, sorry, the NFL gained around 10% overall in its viewership. The NBA lost 66% of its viewers. So the NFL has continued to grow. The NBA has become a fraction, a shell, a scintilla of the audience that it used to have. It lost two-thirds of its viewership, and it's even wilder to think about because there are 50 million more people in the United States in 2022 than there were in 1998. So the NBA, with a bigger audience, is drawing a smaller share of the overall sport fan base. I think it's because they've gone woke and they have alienated a huge percentage of people who grew up NBA fans, probably many of whom 
are watching or listening to me discuss this right now. Speaking of going woke and going broke, the new Lightyear movie didn't do well. The new Marvel uh, show, whatever it is, Miss Maisel is not doing well. And I couldn't believe when I saw this, but we know that the stock market has been a disaster of late. Do you know this? I didn't, I didn't realize until I looked at it. I went and looked at the 10-year historic chart for Disney. And I'm looking at it again right now as the stock market is about to close today and Disney stock is down again. Do you know that Disney stock is now lower than it was in December of 2014? If you in December of 2014 had gone out and bought Disney stock, you now have lost money despite holding that company's stock for seven and a half years. Think about it. You're a big Disney fan, and it is December of 2014, and you decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy Disney stock. I'm going to hold it, and it's going to be incredibly valuable in the years ahead. Not even factoring in inflation, just the direct stock price, Disney stock is now below where it was in December of 2014. Seven and a half years, you've been holding that stock. It's now below what you would have paid for it in December of 2014. It's pretty wild. And I believe it's a function of Disney's underlying business collapsing in many ways. It's crazy to think about what has happened there. Stock market's not doing well. Nothing's doing well under Joe Biden. The Bidas touch has been a disaster. I'm headed out the opposite of a disaster. I hope the Atlanta Braves can get their second straight win over the San Francisco Giants. Chop on. Great walk-off win last night. I'm taking my 11-year-old. We're going to go watch tonight. If you happen to be in the Atlanta area, come by and you can say hi to us if you see us in the ballpark can't wait. I'm also scheduled to be on Sean Hannity's show later tonight. I'll be on Fox and Friends tomorrow morning, and I will be here in studio in Atlanta with the fine folks at WFOM who are our affiliates in the Atlanta, Georgia market. I appreciate all of you. Unlike Stacey Abrams, I think Georgia is one of the best states in the United States, not the worst, like she said. I'll be back tomorrow. My son gets to leave the studio now. We're going to go have some fun. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. My name is Clay Travis, and this has been Outkick the Show. Thanks for hanging with us.